0: Welcome on in WIP Daily for July 5th. Hope everyone out there had a great holiday weekend, whatever you call it, the Tuesday extended weekend. But I uh, appreciate everyone, of course, subscribing, following, downloading WIP Daily. The best of what goes on on WIP. Of course, my podcast here uh, with my big take of the day. And, and of course, all sorts of other little things we throw on the feed between Go Birds and High Hopes and um, and some great segments we have on the air every single day. And... You know, if you were if you've been kind of away for a few days or kind of out of the loop, you've missed a lot but nothing at the same time. So James Harden opts into his contract with the Sixers and then he asked for a trade. And then, you know, it was like, where's he gonna get traded? And it seemed like, you know, when I was last in to the studio on Friday, that maybe it was going to be a, a really quick thing. That it was easier to trade James Harden early rather than later, matching money and all that kind of stuff. And now we sit here and I sit here on a Wednesday morning post July fourth. He's still a Sixer. And the reports are that he might stay a Sixer. And, you know, this all goes back to Daryl Morey. And I have wondered since the beginning of his tenure here in Philadelphia, why he garners so much trust by fans around the NBA. And and really, obviously, specifically here in Philadelphia. I don't think Daryl Morey has done a very good job. And I think Daryl Morey is a little bit of a con artist in terms of making you believe he's really good when he's not actually that good at what he does. And the, the, the comp I, I've used for a long time now, he is ba- basketball's version of baseball's Billy Bean. He's basketball's Billy Bean is what I'm trying to get at. In which early on in his career, he was ahead of a curve, way ahead of a curve, and he did a lot of really smart things because no one knew what he was doing. But then once they caught up and the brain power caught up, it just hasn't. It, his performance and his team's performances have not matched. So, as we sit here now, this will become an off-season on whether or not you trust Daryl Morey, and there's there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Obviously, the Harden situation. We'll get to the Maxi stuff. And, and the reports out there right now. And I just want to kind of circle back to the one move the Sixers have made because they haven't traded Tobias Harris. They haven't traded James Harden. They haven't done anything besides put out you know a lot of baloney about Tyrese Maxey into the media. The only thing they've actually done over the last week is sign Pat Beverly, which I like Pat Bev. Pat Bev's an energy guy. He's a defensive guy, one-year deal. I have no problem with the move to sign Patrick Beverly to be a depth piece off the bench point guard for the Sixers. I'm all good with that. But you realize what Patrick Beverly is, right? Patrick Beverly is an ex-Rocket. It's become an amazing bit that Daryl Morey has that he can't bring in anyone to Philadelphia that doesn't have rocket size. Anyone! It is ridiculous. P.J. Tucker, James Harden, Anthony Melton, House... I mean, you go down the line, Pat Bev, they're all Rockets. They're all Rockets all the time. And this goes back to my feeling that he hasn't had an original idea in a decade. You know, it's it's interesting, as you think about Maury back in his day with the Rockets, and I was a big fan at one point because he was ahead of the curve, but now it just feels like he's recycling his old moves. He can't find the next Pat Bev. He can't find the next PJ Tucker. He can't find the next James Harden. I realized that that's harder to do, but it might have been Tyrese Halliburton a few years ago. He can't find that guy, so he keeps going back and recycling the same moves, same players over and over and over again. It's it's actually tiring at this point. Um, it's not even really about Pat it's just It's about the idea that, that he can't find a way into a new move, so th- that's that part of it, but I don't trust Daryl Morey. It's the plainest way I could put it for you, and it's the plainest way I, I think that to describe how I feel about the Sixers and why I'm not super high on the Sixers moving forward with him as the executive. So if you go back to the the Ben Simmons thing, because, you know, there's been some some pushback recently, last couple days, it seems like, that, hey, you know, he does not trade James Harden now because, look, he held on to Ben Simmons and that worked out. Well, yes and no. So it worked out that he was able to get a good player, for a player that can't play or wouldn't play anymore. So that was good on Darren Moore. By waiting, he got a good player. But two things. One, that season effectively was torpedoed because when you make a trade of that magnitude, first of all, you you were down a man the whole season with Ben Simmons. And then when you make a trade of that magnitude, it's going to take some time to get on the same page. So let's play it out again. Let's say he holds on to James Harden again and trades him in season or Tobias Harris, whatever, or both well you're going to, to be remaking the team mid-season. Those teams rarely, and I mean rarely win a championship. Look at the Lakers this year. It worked. I mean that's probably the, the best case. And they still didn't have enough and they still weren't as you know free flowing and and you know, on the same page in lockstep like the Denver Nuggets. It's very hard to do that. So yeah, not trading Ben Simmons in the summer that year worked out, but it also torpedoed a season. And then you really had just had one year this past season with the desired effect of James Harden. So that's number one. Number two, in that situation, I mean, I know it. You know it. We all know it. He had inside information. He knew James Harden so well, such a great relationship at that point, that I think there was a good feeling Harden would do what he did at some point to make the plan come together. So I, I, there's no, that's not there this time. There's no other James Harden sitting there going to demand a trade in February that you could trade the other James Harden for. So I, I don't think holding on to Harden is going to bring back a robust return, or Tobias Harris. So, you know, the idea that he did this last time he could do it again, I think it's a lot of posturing. So, the idea of James Harden coming back and the one-year deal and the opt-in and Morey playing Harden, I'm just not sure if Daryl Morey has an idea of what he's doing. Daryl Morey strikes me as someone who clearly knows a lot about how the NBA works. He clearly knows a lot about how the salary cap works, how trades work, how leverage works. I think he's good at all those kind of things. I'm not really sure if he understands how the game works. like i, I think you know, if you told him this explain the game of basketball, sure he could explain it. i'm I i do not think he's a dummy like that. but the the relationship between players, the chemistry between players, how to look at a player and and just kind of see that that guy's a winner or he's not. I don't think he has it. I really don't. i I think Daryl Moore, like sometimes we, we in sports we, this line has kind of come about the last 10, 15 years. Like, well, he's just an analytics guy. He can't, he doesn't know the game, not a basketball guy. And the more I get to observe Daryl Morey, the way he talks about the game, the way he builds teams, I feel that. I really do feel that he is less of a basketball guy and really just a numbers guy an analytics guy. And the feel of the game is something he doesn't get. Because if you're gonna bring Harden back, if that is a possibility, you don't understand the locker room, you don't understand the dynamics of a basketball team, and you don't understand winning basketball because we've seen that guy before. He will torpedo a season to get what he wants. He will t- I mean he showed up to Houston in a fat suit. In a fat suit. So that's why I, I can't I-, I can't go there. I mean I, I just I cannot go there. With Harden coming back, and I can't go there with trusting Mori to do the right thing. So that, thats the Harden angle of it. I don't trust Daryl Morey on a lot of levels, but I certainly don't trust him when it comes to handling James Harden, a guy he's had a close relationship with, and now for whatever reason they may be on the fritz, and and you know maybe it's because the contract or whatever, maybe he lied to James Harden or misled him last summer. And then there's the Maxi angle. Okay, so Tyrese Maxi is the Sixers' only really really good young trade piece. And as the market here for Dane Lillard plays out, the idea the Sixers would not include him in a deal for for Dame Lillard is, isn't just ridiculous, it's preposterous. And again, I go back to Maury and not trusting him and Maury not understanding what he's seeing in front of him. You know, I, I'm sure you could give me a breakdown of, of Maxi's stats at this age and compare them to other great players in the league and say, look, look at him here, look at him here, he could become that. And, and I give Maxey a chance to become an all-star. But if Daryl Morey thinks that he's not worth giving up for Dame Lillard, then he's clueless. I mean, he, he's absolutely and totally clueless. He is worth giving up for Dame Lillard. I would do it in a second. The Sixers should consider this immediately. And the idea that, that's being put out there now, that Tyrese Maxey isn't available even if prime Michael Jordan, you know, whoever, Giannis, you pick the great player and and you can't have him for Tyrese Maxey. It's just so silly. And why? Like, why put Tyrese Maxey on this pedestal? The other part of this weird dynamic this offseason has been that they're not going to extend Tyrese Maxey's contract. So you believe in him that much, but you want to wait. Is that for next summer? Is that for flexibility? I'm not sure what what Daryl Moore is trying to do here. But... You know the Sixers have a problem, and I and it's been a culture problem. It's been an eye test problem. It's been it's been, it's been there for years, and I think I, more of this comes back, and and it's on morry to not to see it or not see it. But Joel Embiid. So the more that I have really thought through the Joel Embiid situation, I and mean, I think most of you guys now, I feel I don't think he's a championship player. I would trade him. I would blow the whole thing up. I would move on from Harden to Bias and Embiid. I would keep Maxi, and I, I would try to. Go off of that. that. That's how I'd build the team. But if you're going to keep Joel Embiid, you got to recognize what he is. And if you don't recognize what he is by now, you're doing yourself and, and your team and your fan base a disservice. He's not an alpha. He's not a number one. And Joel Embiid will never be the lead player on a championship team. I mean, the fact that Daryl Morey can't see this is preposterous. And, you know, the idea of keeping Maxie as Embiid's two, it's fun. It's nice. It's not a championship duo. It, it just isn't. Now, if you got Dame Lillard and you moved Joel down the pecking order... I would consider revising my feeling on Joel Embiid. I'd have to watch it play out you know, a little bit to see if he's accepting his role. But as a two or a three, Joel Embiid could do it. I- I've compared him in the last two months to Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was a, was a tremendous player. I mean, Chris Bosh, a Hall of Famer. Unfortunately, had the blood clots that, that kind of cut off his career. Otherwise, otherwise, he would have many years to add to what he was doing on the court. But Chris Bosh was tremendous. Chris Bosh was never going to win anything in Toronto by himself. And whether or not it was money, friendship, or self-awareness, whatever, he teamed up with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. And then he won. If Chris Bosh kept—just say he stayed in Toronto as long as Joel has been here. And let's say Chris Bosh, you know, continued to get knocked out in the second round of the playoffs. Eventually, we would, I would have said, or someone would have said, Chris Bosh not a championship player. Now, he became one because he accepted his role as the third banana. Could Joel Embiid become a championship player or be on a championship team if Dame Lillard is the man? Potentially. Maybe. And that's why it's worth exploring for a guy as good as Dame Lillard. Is is the Tyrese Maxey-Joel Embiid combination going to win a championship? I mean, seriously. Ser- seriously, think about that for a second. They're not. I mean, they're, just, they're not going to win. So, you know, I, I think Maury suffers from a lack of an ability to have an eye test. The body language test, because if you hit your wagon at James Harden, you're not a body language guy. So the body language issues are there. The inability to separate analytics from eye test are, is there. You know, playing the game, everyone thinks you're smart because you're in on every trade rumor. You know, he he plays that game very well in the media. I, I just am waiting for Daryl Morey to wow me. Just wow me once. It hasn't happened once. Says he got to Philadelphia. I think he's more bark than bite. I think he is a guy whose reputation was made 10, 15 years ago, and he's just sat on that for a long time. And it's disappointing because the only way for the Sixers to get out of this malaise they're in this, this, you know, stuck in mud place they're in is for Daryl Morey to be as good as people hope he is. If he could pull off this trade and that trade and move assets, like that's why he's here. That's why he gets paid $12 million per season to be that kind of executive. And if he's not going to be that kind of executive, then I, I'm not really sure what we're doing here, and I'm not sure the plan this offseason, but it really comes out of this. Do you trust Daryl Morey? I do not. I haven't trusted him for a while now. I thought, you know, as the, it really became when the Ben Simmons situation was playing, out. I'm like, does this guy really, really know what he's doing? Is this guy really have a clue what he's doing? And And more and more, I became convinced he did not have a clue of what he's doing, and I think the more that continues, the worse it's going to be for the Sixers, and the closer we get to the season without moves, the harder it's going to be for the Sixers to get a cohesive unit together to go try to win next season, as again, it's another year of Joel Embiid, another year where he's now over the age of 30, and you you don't know how many of these years you have left, so I'm disappointed in Daryl Morey. I don't think he has a clue to what he's doing to build a championship team. He is baseball's Billy Bean. And if you trust him, and if you trust him the whole time, man, you have, you have some strong lugs. You've been holding your breath for something special for a long, long time. I just don't trust him. I, I, think, Dar- I think the league is caught up to Daryl Morey. Too many smart executives, too many smart people out there. And and I think that he is just a man without really a plan and just hoping that things fall on his lap. That's not really how you go about building a championship team. That's more luck and hope than it is skill and intuition. Everyone, appreciate listening. Hope you had a great July 4th. Back tomorrow, another episode. We'll be doing the video podcast again soon with Tucker Bagley. Appreciate you guys listening to WIP Daily. Of course, follow the podcast, auto-downloads. Put the auto-download little icon on. Boom, you get it as soon as it drops into your feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And, of course, the YouTube, 94WIP. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Put, a lot, put up a lot of video podcasts here, especially as we get close to the MLB trade deadline, Eagles training camp, and uh, we're not far away, guys, from the NFL. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Appreciate everyone listening to WIP Daily. Thank you again.